Martinalat. Hören Sie, what happened to you? I have been to a funeral, Denzel, where it's our customary to wear black as a sign of respect. I see. And that's why you have also painted your face and teeth black, eh? <laughs> yes, Denzel, that are correct. And I have also painted the rest of my body black as well, in case I have to get undressed. Ah, yes, because you never know what you might have to get undressed at a Welsh funeral. <laughs> And uh, who have died? Oh, lots of people, Denzel. No, I mean, his funeral. <laughs> Old Mrs. And, and, and it was nice in a way because she wanted to die at 87. Uh, why 87? Because that's where she lived, number 87. <laughs> just down the road. And it was all very quick. She didn't suffer. She was just putting out the bins on the front path when she was gunned down by the Taliban. <laughs> Yes, whales often have that effect on people if they haven't been here before. <laughs> anyway, it was a beautiful funeral, and we started with a minute's silence, and then the Reverend Harry Luya said that because Mrs. was a Welsh speaker, we should have another minute's silence in Welsh. <laughs> if you ask me, he had a bit too pious, Gwyneth. He are not pious, Denzel. He are nothing like a pie. I not think you've got any more holes than anyone else, goodness. <laughs> Although I imagine the one around the back will be slightly larger than most things he... Seeing <laughs> as he talks out of it so much. <laughs> How can you say that? He are a very wonderful man. When he walks into a room, it lights up. Oh, anyone can do that, Gwyneth. You just flick the switch, you <laughs> go in. What you have got to understand, Gwyneth, is that people like me... No, they don't, Denzel. <laughs> what? No, people don't like you, Denzel. Why do you think Al Cappuccino's coffee bar gave you a disloyalty card? <laughs> Nobody likes you, but that's enough about you. I've just got to pop around to Mrs. Gosinan's to feed her cat. You're going to feed cat to Mrs. Gosinan? <laughs> Oh, right. Did she smoke? No, I think she just went, ah, and fell over. <laughs> uh, that'll be another funeral then, and just think, Gwyneth, one day it'll be Yao going into the box to be committed. Shut just... up, Denzel. When Yao die, you'll go to hell. No, worse than that, you'll go to Rill. <laughs> well, that's not fair, Gwyneth. Not fair to Rill? No, not fair to me. I don't want to go to Rill. <laughs> Ah, come in. Take a seat. All right, thank you. Um, I'm Richard Grant, warehouse manager. Uh, and I'm Callum Gilhooly, candidate for the job. Uh, yes, we have your name. It's not a bad name for a job like this. Good work, I think. Uh, Callum, can you stack this shelf over there? Uh, yeah, that's fine, Bob. Or whoever it is, it might not be Bob. Your name's fine, Callum. It's not an issue. Well, that's good news, eh? Off to a flyer. <laughs> What next? Uh, can you list your strengths? Well, I'm very good at speaking. 
can always think of something to say. Even when I've got nothing to say, I can think of something to say. It's just the way I am, I think. OK, uh, now that's how you see yourself. But how do you think other people would describe you? Oh, I don't have to think, I know. My dad always called me a clown. <laughs> uh, and my mum just called me that boy. So, um, what do you like to do outside of work? Uh, outside of work, various things. Uh, go home. <laughs> eat. Uh, sleep. Get up. Eat some more, maybe sleep again. Loads and loads of stuff, really. And why should we here at the co-op consider hiring you? Well, because I've asked, so it's only polite, you know. <laughs> and, and, and why do you want to work here? Well, this is where the job is, so... <laughs> Right, and, and what is your salary expectation? Oh, I like to be paid every week into my bank account. <laughs> and what motivates you? I like to be paid every week into my <laughs> bank account. OK, we're almost done. Um, now, this is just a bit of fun, Callum. Um, if you were a biscuit, what type of biscuit would you be? Well, I'm not sure I'd want to be a biscuit. Um, <laughs> I'm not too keen on being eaten. OK, I hear you. Oh, that's good. I'm audible. <laughs> Which could be handy in a warehouse, you know, so you can add that to my list of strengths. Uh, yes, uh, let's try a different tack. Um, say you were an animal. I'm still applying for the shelf stacking job, yeah? <laughs> Yes. This is just to get to know you, if we can. Yeah. Oh, right, right, oh, an animal. Uh, I'd plump for being a goat. Decent chance of just being milked, you know. <laughs> Do you, do you want to ask me what sort of motorbike I'd like to be? Uh, no, we don't ask that one. Oh, shame. Uh, great. Uh, well, uh, look, I've heard enough. We'll let you know. Uh, me too. I'll be in touch. <laughs> Are you not sure you want the job? Well, I have to say, I'm a bit worried about maybe having to be a biscuit or an animal. <laughs> I mean, I'll need to think about it. Well, I, I can tell you my decision now, if that would help. Might as well. Well, I think we'll pass this time, but thanks for your interest. Oh, that's fine, and I'll let you know what I think in a couple of days. <laughs> and then we can take it from there. If you're over 52 and you meet somebody new, you might struggle to find things to talk about. But there's one topic that'll break the ice, and when you bring it up, it all comes pouring out. Quite unpleasant, but we love it all the same. People talk about it all night long. It's not the weather, it's something else. And when you mention it, you can't go wrong. Medical problems. Everybody seems to have one. They talk about them endlessly. Medical problems. Conversation starts to flow when we talk about our health deficiencies. Medical problems. My aching back is playing off. I think I got a cold. My foot hurts. I think I got gout. I got blood in me poo, and I don't know what to do! Oh, people, please leave it out! <laughs> now, I'm not a man who's censorious, but I don't want to hear this stuff. We grow up, get old, our bodies stop to work, just accept it, life gets tough. I don't want to hear about health adversity or your latest allergy. Illness scares me, I want to live, I don't want to be history. I spend my life trying to cheat death, I run a marathon every day. I drink green tea and I monitor my pee, so please don't remind me of my own mortality. With your medical problems. Please get some pills, stop sharing all your ills. Medical problems. Just bite your lip, I don't care about your arthritic hip. Medical problems. 
So please show me some courtesy and don't talk to me about your swollen knee. B12 deficiency, colonoscopy, or your hepatitis B, incontinency, going gluten free, or your ear deformity, or your discolored wee. Take your medical difficulty to your GP, not me. Hashtag time's up. <laughs> it is what to say if someone does have a look or a twiddle or a poke of someone else's private parts without asking for their permission. And if a grown-up lady does go to get a job and the boss does say, I will pay you more money if you tickle my tinkle, then, <laughs> then the lady can shout, time's up! Because time's up does mean it is stop it o'clock. And if anybody does say something what you do not like, like when a man did shout out of a lorry at your big sister, Oh, you have got some lovely melons! <laughs> when she was not even holding any melons, then that is called sexy harassment. And you can report the rude men's to the police and it is called doing a me too. And your sister and mum does get very cross if somebody does do a whistle like this. Because that is disrespecting. But my nan wishes someone would do a whistle at her. Because she does wink and say, Oh, chance would be a fine thing. <laughs> it is a bit confusing. And the Time's Up and Me Too first started in America when there was a man called, um, yeah, he was called H Hardy w Wine Penis. Wink, wink, And, um, he was a very big, scary man who has got a face like scrambled egg on meat. <laughs> Harvey Winklespleen was boss of all the posh films and in the olden days, um, before 2018, um, all the acting people what would like to win an Olympic Oscar medal did want to have a job in his films. But Hardy said the ladies can only have a job or win a medal if they did have a shower with him or massage his hairy winkle pee. <laughs> and when the lady actors did say no thank you to Hardy, he did get very, very cross. And he said, if you do not have a sex cuddle with me, I will tell everyone you are rubbish at acting and you will never get a job again and you will get poor and ugly and you will die in a dustbin. <laughs> and most of the ladies were very frightened and didn't tell no one, not even their mums and dads. But then one lady did give him a kick up his nuts and <laughs> run away and say, that is enough, I am telling on you, time is up. And all the other acting women shouted out, me too, all at once. And it was so loud that finally the police did hear them and come and arrested Harvey. And he did say, boo-hoo, poor me, it's not my fault, I've got a condition. And the police did lock him up in a nice comfy health farm where he can get a massage every day. <laughs> and all the women did a huge cheer because at long last they are safe and now they can be in any film they like as long as they are called um, Judy Dench or Myrtle Streep. <laughs> and my dad says, the world's gone mad. And he says he is never going to give any ladies a hug ever again in case he gets in trouble. And my mum says, thank God for that. <laughs> but I am very worried because what if Hardy Winklepin does get together all his friends, what did also get into trouble for the inappropriates, and they make a great big gang and all come back to punish the ladies what make them stop? And what if they say, time's up for time? up and then maybe there will have to be a new thing called hashtag get off me now you blasted <laughs> and that is why it's time's up it is it's true yeah.
better, faster, harder news, and more whooshing noises than any other radio station. This is News, News, News. Good evening. <laughs> I'm Brian Devlin, so there. And now on News, News, News with Brian Devlin, it's 5.33pm. And we have news breaking of a breaking news story of some sort of serious incident, an accidental incident, it would seem, at an office block in the centre of the city centre. Bad news for the people in the office block, obviously there may well have been fatalities, but good news for us because it means we can go into serious incident coverage mode. So, first off, we're going to play the breaking news jingle. Look, there's some news. Look, there's some other news. And then go live to the scene where Debbie Kinghorn is live at the scene. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Debbie. I'm here, as you say, Brian. I'm Brian, as you say, Debbie. <laughs> I'm live at the scene, unlike some of the people in the building, unfortunately. <laughs> I've now been joined by our serious incident correspondent, Ewan Douglas. What were the scenes like after the incident? Oh, they were terrible. And how did people react, Ewan? Oh, they reacted badly. Some, I think, were dead, some were injured, and some were unconscious. Some were in shock, some were crying. People were crying, were they? Yes, not the dead ones, obviously. <laughs> All the unconscious ones, but of the remainder, the ones who were crying were definitely crying. I'm joined now by Martin Baines, our crying correspondent. <laughs> Martin, what can you tell us about the sort of crying that's been going on? Well, there's been various types of crying. I mean, some were sort of sobbing, a generic kind of... <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, there was some actual wailing. <laughs> So, different sorts of crying. Very much so. And I'm joined now here in the studio by Robin Gateside, our fatalities correspondent. Robin, can you tell us what happens when somebody dies? Well, quite often they stop breathing, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> and moving around also becomes problematic. And, and do they, at this time, stop actually living? Yes, very much so, Brian. Dying is more often than not followed closely by not living. Fascinating. <laughs> Uh, let us know when you know anything else about anything, Robin. Uh, <laughs> and with that, we go straight back to join Debbie Kinghorn live at the scene. Back already? Oh, yes, can't keep away, Debbie. We're all very jealous of you being at the scene. I can understand that. It's really rather exciting here. And are the emergency services doing all they can? Yes, the emergency services, as you so rightly call them, are doing everything, indeed, all they can and more. <laughs> Well, Debbie Kinghorn at the scene, thank you. I'm Brian Devlin in the studio, and really, really tragic scenes there. It's just awful that I can't be there. <laughs> but more breaking news just coming in. We've just heard that I, Brian Devlin, in the studio, am going to be sent to the serious incident scene to anchor the news coverage from there, thus showing how important this story is. <laughs> and that's the breaking news, news, news tonight. <laughs> Uh, hello, Tom. Uh, hello, Dad. Mum. Your father and I need to tell you something. OK. Um, Tom, you're 18 now. Yes, I know. And we're both very proud of you, aren't we, Martin? Yes, we are, darling. Very proud. Right. But we feel we owe it to you to tell you... And we maybe should have told you before. Yeah, we, we, we've been putting it off, to be honest. Um, Tom, you're not adopted. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry? You're not adopted. You're ours. We're your birth parents. I see. I know this must come as 
You know, something of a shock. Well, yes, it does. And, and, and I know you've had your troubles recently and your exam results were very disappointing. I'll see. Yeah. But there's no real reason for all of this. No, no, no backstory of a difficult first few years. No, no, it turns out you're just not very bright. <laughs> right. Which it seems you get from us. Yeah. It's all very disappointing all round, really. So that's it. I I'm stuck with you two, then. It would appear so, and we're stuck with you. Yeah, and, um, well, while we're about it, we might as well tell you. Uh, your mother and I, after some discussion, much heartache, have decided... No. Yes. We're staying together. What? <laughs> yeah, it's the only way. We, we get on. I mean, we're well suited. I I'm sorry if this had been a shock for you, but at least now everything, you know, is out in the open. Not quite. Sorry? There's something you need to know about me. Now that we're all being totally honest and open. Do we need to do this now? Yes, we do. Mum, Dad, I'm gender certain. <laughs> are, you, are you sure? Positive. I'm heterosexual and I've always have been. No, it's, it's very brave of you to tell us, Tom. Well, I must admit, I feel better now that it's out and I'm in. <laughs> You do know what all this means, don't you? No, what does it mean, darling? It means we're a very dull, conventional, moderately happy and contented family. <laughs> don't know about anyone else, but I, for one, could do with a drink. Oh, my God, do you mean...? Yes, it's true. I'm an occasional sensible drinker. <laughs> oh, I knew there was something else we had to tell you, Tom. Oh, God, when will it all end? Um, no, I think. Yes, that's probably everything. <laughs> And now we continue with part 117 of Two Line Terry, the story of the remarkable Scottish singer and whistler Terence McCrooner, who had many hits in the 1950s and 60s with his Two Line songs. It was 1963, and Terry was offered his first film role in the romantic comedy Bikini Bloodbath. <laughs> it was here he met and fell in love with his temperamental Swedish co-star, Monica Yip. Their relationship was torrid and turbulent. Terry wrote about their ups and downs in the song, Stairs or Lift. She preferred to climb the stairs, but it was the lift for me. One could say we were raised differently. <laughs> then bad news. Terry was shocked when he found out that Monica had been having an affair with Thomas Tome, a handsome librarian from Gothenburg. Terry and Monica broke up. However, things went from bad to worse for Monica two days later when Thomas Tome left her. She was incandescent with rage and was arrested by the police after an incident in the Gothenburg Public Library. Terry attended Monica's court hearing and wrote the number three hit, defacing a library book. <laughs> She picked out all the full stops in a library book that was her offence. And the judge said anyone doing that sort of thing should expect a long sentence. After serving her long sentence, she was so old she went straight to the Your Next Old Folks Home. Unfortunately, she hated the living conditions and rebelled. The police were again called, 
and Terry sang about this incident in the number 47 hit, Afternoon Nap. Monica refused to take her afternoon nap As a protest, police arrived and charged her with resisting arrest <laughs> Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm Frank Hovis. I was watching Doctor Who the other day and a couple of Daleks were having this conversation. Have you seen the Doctor? No, I couldn't get an appointment for three weeks. <laughs> the guaranteed way to see the Doctor these days is to, is to hang about in the waiting room and then when the Doctor calls out somebody's name but nobody gets up to go in, you go in. <laughs> So I went in, doctor said, morning, Mrs. Patel. <laughs> I said, morning, doctor. The doctor said, how are you? I said, well, he stopped me there and said, good, off you go then. <laughs> that was it. I was, I was disappointed. So I did what I usually do when I'm, when I'm feeling a bit disappointed. I'm afraid I resorted to the old shaft and helm. <laughs> shaft and helm, it's the old miners club, by the way. I don't know if you... <laughs> Just fancy the swift half, you know, anyway. I got chatting to someone and uh, he said, what are you going to see the doctor for anyway? What's the problem? I said, constipation. He said, plenty of fresh fruit. That's the answer. Well, the bananas are all right, but I couldn't get the apples up. Get it. <laughs> Try as I might. Try as I might. Again, at the chemist shop, it's no better. I'm losing my hair at the front, you know, receding hairline. So I went in and they've got a product there guaranteed to reverse hair loss. And it worked. I started losing it from the back instead. <laughs> Not what I wanted, ladies and gentlemen. But the only person I know who's had a good result medically is my wife, because she was having terrible trouble, terrible trouble with mollusks. <laughs> Shellfish, you know? Cockles, mussels, all over her body. So she's not a doctor. He gave her a tube of anti-winkle cream. <laughs> Brilliant, did the trick, did the trick. <laughs> Gosh, the big health issue now is, uh, is stress, isn't it? Anxiety. And my way of coping with, with all that is to enjoy the simple pleasures of life, you know, sitting quietly, looking out the window whilst having a poo. <laughs> Taxi driver did like that very much. But... <laughs> I know, I know it's a bit unpleasant, ladies and gentlemen, but... That sort of thing shouldn't be swept under the carpet, should it? <laughs> anyway, I gave him a tip. Give the driver a tip. I said, clean out the back of your cab. <laughs> no, no, no. I gave him a real tip. I gave him a tenner. Actually, it was the five I'd wipe my bottom with. But he... <laughs> we leave it there, as I did, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Good night. Council meeting to order. Okay. Thank you. Now, we've got a lot to get through tonight because it's almost time to record our pitch for the new local radio franchise. As you know, we are proposing to call the station Stony FM. Oh! I still don't know what FM stands for. <laughs> me, eh? <laughs> So, 
so technically it would be called Stony For any sake. <laughs> the point is we've finished the script for our pitch and if you're all free, we're recording it straight after the meeting. We better have a wee rehearsal then. We better have a wee rehearsal now. <laughs> now come on, you've got your scripts in front of you and the pitch opens with what I believe they call in the biz a jangle. It's jangle! <laughs> Whatever. Hit it, Bowie. If you're feeling sad and lonely and you don't have a crony, there's been some acrimony or you might have lost your pony. Tune into Stony FM. <laughs> and Q Megrant. Welcome to the all-new Stony FM radio station, broadcasting live some days of the week for a wee while to most of Stonybridge. <laughs> We will bring you updates, news, views, and much, 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 and me and Isn't will be bringing you He's all sorts of... He's called Eck, not Isn't. Sorry. Me and Eck will be bringing you the Drivel Time Show. Shouldn't that be drive time? It should be, but we're being realistic. <laughs> also on Stony FM, you can hear me, Brucey, doing my big morning shift. I beg your pardon. <laughs> shift. <laughs> Relief. I thought you said big morning Shut shit. Shut it, Ed. <laughs> Jingle Booby. It's gonna be a massive hit. It's Brucey's big morning shit. <laughs> Moving on, Willie. And also on brand new Stony FM, we have this. This. <laughs> and after this, well, that, there's me. Me! <laughs> Willie, with my own show, The Late Night Graveyard Slot, live from the cemetery. <laughs> Weather and courting couples permit it. If you're wondering who's died or you've lost your best pal, Willie will tell you when's the funeral. <laughs> but don't worry, there's something for everyone on Stony FM. Even women and young people. Yes, why not join me, Magret? Oh, no, sorry. I, uh, why not join me, Magret? <laughs> On women's quarter of an hour. <laughs> and a grime slot for the young folk. When we will discuss how young people can deal with dirt around the house and washing up. <laughs> so, why not give Stony FM a listen? After all... How, How bad can it be? <laughs> Stony FM's the number one. Go ahead and do it and give us the fan. Chies. <laughs> the Absolutely Radio Show is written and performed in by Pete Bakey, Morena Banks, Moe Hunter, Gordon Kennedy and John Sparks. The producers were Gordon Kennedy and Gus Beatty. And it is an absolutely Gus Man production for the BBC. It is, it's true. 